You know, I was thinking that the Kevin McCarthy statement, um, going through the list of things that, you know, the GOP's got to get done. They're, they're just, this time they're committed to it. It, it reminded me of something. It, it seemed so familiar. Yeah, stairway to heaven. Do I know that? Yeah. Led Zeppelin, right? I guess you're probably a little too young to remember their first album, huh? Communication breakdown, tasting confused, any of that? Babe, I'm gonna leave you. Well, enjoy. Try it anyway. And as we wind on down the road, my shadow's crawling and I'm told. There walks a lady we all know, who shines when life wants to show. How everything still turns to gold. But it's this part. And she's falling the stairway to heaven. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. The partners of the week, as I've been saying, are the people who got us where we're at. It's number one, it's the Lord, not a person. It's you, podcast radio audience. It's Dave Parkhurst and Julie Barrett and Jerry Nash. It's, I don't know if Russ wants his last name on the air. I don't know if Russ wants that. Well, I'm going to say it, Russ Simber. Uh, it's people who have been working behind the scenes that, that really have powered this thing. Because without the money, without the social media, without the... Uh, Speaking of money, Michelle Smith. We wouldn't be in the top one half of 1% of podcast downloads. And we wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do the show. I'd, I'd have to concentrate on other things, uh, other ways to earn money. So a big announcement coming up this week. It'll involve some changes in the podcast. Nothing that's going to be horribly upsetting. Um, in fact, things are going to help the podcast thrive and help us spread this way of approaching things, putting God at the center. When I do my job the right way, we put God at the center. Yeah, the thing about Bill Murray <laughs> doing uh, Stairway to Heaven, you remember Nick the Lounge Singer, uh, a guy incapable of being sincere? And there's so much inside humor to that little clip because Bill Murray's saying, you're probably too young to remember Led Zeppelin's first album, Communication Breakdown, which was not. It's not their first album. Uh, obviously, the joke approach of the song. Uh, and instantly, the setup to that was they, they didn't get the band they wanted to play for the high school prom. <laughs> so Nick, the lounge singer, got to go play a high school prom gig. There's a lot of inside stuff in that. So I'm doing a contrast and compare. There were two summits recently uh, in New York City. And they're both World Economic Forum types. And they have both announced that the new crisis crisis of crises is the weather. And they announced things that they're already doing as if they're going to begin to do them. And part of that is the behavioral kill shoot of making it impossible to afford a gas vehicle. Part of that is the crippling of the supply chain. Part of that is the destruction of the petroleum industry. Part of that is the crippling of, of, of roads in the cities. They don't want us driving our cars in there. The part of this is making these promises about the electrical grid in separate countries like California. Uh, part of it is scaring people. 
about, oh, well, the earth's going to burn up and die. So they're already taking these steps. The other steps, of course, are the curtailing of food choice. I can't believe this is coming quickly so true or so soon. I remember saying about a decade ago, we'll be the first generation that's told what to eat. You're going to be told what to eat. And there's going to be limits placed upon us because our freedom are an absolute imposition to these people. So the World Economic Forum, they're already acting on these things. They've already pushed e, uh, the, uh, the, um, the, the social justice governance through the, the corporate boards. And, and I get it that Jamie Dimon says he doesn't want to cripple the gas industry. And he can say that right now because we're on a precipice of a financial crash. But the ESG, uh, ESG score stuff is installed. They're, they're taking a break during the election. And then they'll come back and they'll continue to shove ESG down the throats of people. So these two meetings in New York are the people who actually get things done and are actually running things. And they're doing it by purchasing bureaucrats. They're doing it by setting up pseudo-governmental organizations. They're doing this by bribing bureaucrats and working behind the scenes with bureaucrats. It's the same way they launched the, uh, the, the transing of kids was done behind the scenes. It was done through bureaucracies and obscure bureaucracies. Prior to this, people didn't pay attention to what human rights commissions at state governments were doing because it was talk. Well, these guys figured out the loophole. The same, the same way they figured out the loophole with emergency powers for governments, that's, that's, that's the, 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 the loophole we have to take care of first. That's the most serious threat to having an elected government here is they can just take it away. Oh, there's a flu. We don't, we, don't, we don't have freedom of choice anymore. There's a flu. We're no longer a representative democracy. And it doesn't need to be a flu. It doesn't need to be health-related. It can be anything such as gun crimes. That's what the World Health Organization is, is trying to get launched into our country. They want to be able to seize control of our jurisdiction if they determine, and I'm, I'm not kidding, if they determine because there's a lot of tweets about so-called gun crimes, that there is an epidemic of so-called gun crimes, a so-called epidemic of so-called gun crimes, and the World Health Organization wants to be able to swoop in and take control over jurisdiction in the United States, and this is what the people who run Joe Biden want, and it's something that Kevin McCarthy won't address. Two meetings. And then a third, an announcement of a... <sighs> Some stuff the GOP says. No, no, no. Seriously, though. No, seriously, though. This time. <sighs> We're really into it. Our job is to work for you, not go after you. Oh, Our so job good. is to make America stronger. We believe America is more than a country. America is an idea. <gasps> we can secure our border. Can. We could become energy independent where your price of gas can. is lower. We can build an education system that has a parent's bill of rights. But you have a say <laughs> in your kid's education. And we could be a check and balance on the reign in this government that's going after the individuals. Okay. If you believe like us, join with us. Because this job won't be easy. We'll get it through the House. We need your help to get it all the way to his desk. Mm -hmm. You know, the president last night already attacked me in this plan. Maybe if I caused that much damage, I'd try to change the discussion too. Damn. But you know what? I welcome it. I oh. challenge the president oh. to join with us. Let's go Stop across it. the country and let's debate what his policies has done to America and our plan for a new direction. Rock and let's let America make the decision for the best way for this country to go forward. So join with us and thank you for what you're doing. Everybody okay? Man, got me right in the heart. America's an idea. They're going to create a parent's bill of rights when... Our own Bill of Rights is in shreds. They're going to create a Bill of Rights in a town where there have been political prisoners 
some held in solitary confinement for what will be three years. They're going to create a bill of rights for parents when people in this country were forced to take injections of a ruinous non-vaccine that is all too often injurious and very often deadly. And they're going to create a parent's bill of rights and it's going to be enforceable. How? The teeth in this is what? The believability factor of this is what? There was something so missing from that. The recognition that we are in the midst of the most profound portion of an eternal, well, it's not eternal because the Lord will eventually end it, but of a battle that began in the Garden of Eden or just prior to that when when Satan rebelled against God. We're in a heightened period where <laughs> souls are at risk and, and Kevin McCarthy is singing the hits. It, it's stupefying. And no mention of, of the, the word of God, the name of God, because as you know, God is very divisive. No fire. No, no passion. The, the most concrete thing I hear is a parent bill of rights that they won't enforce. Our, our own constitution, they won't enforce. They won't enforce election security. They can't, they can't seem to get that through the house. And, and I mentioned the solitary confinement of these people just this past week. The DOJ said, oh yeah, that's right. We actually did have uh, informants in the Oath Keepers. That's right. Yeah, 10 of them. Gateway Pundit has the story. Oh, yeah, 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 we did. A week before the trial of the Oath Keepers. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We had 10, we had 10 informants in there. But we're not going to tell you who they were. We're going to, we, we, we need to protect them. So we're not going to tell you. So they had informants there. They had informants running the Fed napping in, in Michigan, the fake, the kidnapping hoax, the hoax kidnapping. They had feds running that. <laughs> they had feds. Uh, in the Proud Boys, in fact, the top Proud Boy was working with the feds. They, they won't tell us how many FBI people helped instigate that, where they let people into the Capitol. But Kevin McCarthy's singing the hits, baby. Going to sing yesterday for a third time in the same concert. There is no gravity. There is no sense of the stakes in this. Contrast and compare the activity level of the World Economic Forum to the activity level of the complacent party members, McCarthy and McConnell. This is like the other day I was talking about the house, the, the metaphor of the house, where you have people, World Economic Forum types, George Soros types, Larry Fink types, drilling holes in our foundation, inserting termites throughout the wood portions of the house, starting fires where it's advantageous to them, destroying the drywall, pulling the wiring out. And you have Kevin McCarthy standing on the roof, removing the moss from the shingles and pressure washing the driveway. And fitting the, 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 the rooms for brand new carpeting. Oh, and, and by the way, those faucets, I got some that'll tell you what temperature the water is. We're installing those. You'll never again not know what temperature the water is you're going to drink. And by the way, you don't need to heat it up. It could get so hot that you can just pour your tea right, right from the faucet like that. The stakes of the game are so big. They're God-sized. Whatever these guys are doing, McCarthy, 
and McConnell, it doesn't match the challenge, not even a little bit. There are some times where the biggest trick Satan wants to pull with us is that, that it's just over. That, but you know what? There are some times when it is prayer that's actually going to get things done. We'll talk about that as we continue. But just to further compare the state of play with McCarthy versus where we are at, Dr. Tony Fauci is, there's, I hear nothing in here about we're going to prosecute him. I hear nothing in here about we're going to go after emergency powers. I hear nothing in here about we'll, we'll make sure never again are Americans locked in their homes. We're going to rehire everybody in the military who was fired for not taking the injections. We're going to investigate the deaths. We're going to get our money back from pharma. No, quite the opposite. The figurehead has just purchased to donate, mind you, about $21 billion in Pfizer mRNA trash that's going to be distributed through our military. The Department of Defense is going to distribute this. The Air Force is being told Air Force members are no longer allowed to say mom or dad, father or mother. They're not allowed. They have to say caregiver. They have to lie. But man, that fourth time that Kevin McCarthy sang yesterday, that was his best one. Because it was almost like he meant it. Uh, Fauci just recently admitted, and this is quite a quote. Well, let me play, first of all, the actual Fauci. Then I'll give you my interpretation of Fauci. I'll do my lounge singer, Tony Fauci. This is, and I want to thank listener uh, Jay, um, uh, Jay, who reminded me about this. I knew he said this, but I'd lost the clip. This was back in the day at the beginning of the so-called pandemic when they were just starting to pretend it was Captain Tripp's uh, or the Walking Dead combined. This is Fauci admitting uh, something about the disease, which is sort of important uh, if you think about it. So all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit an epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. Everything they did was predicated upon asymptomatic carriers. Everything they did. Stay home because even if you don't feel sick, you're probably going to kill your grandma. Don't let your kids go to school because even if they don't feel sick, they're probably going to kill the teachers. Yesterday... <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. Nothing about this. Fauci at the Atlantic Magazine's event. Remember these events? In New York City? Oh, yeah, they invited the Fauci. He's a rock star to this day. Well, sometimes you, you do draconian things. It, it, it is, it's collateral negative consequences. Uh, just like when you shut things down, uh, even temporarily, it, it does have a deleterious consequence on, on the economy, on the school children. Uh, and, and you know that. That's, that's Fauci admitting, oh yeah, no, there was collateral consequence. But, said Fauci as he ran into the warm, loving, soft embrace of Neil Cavuto. Well, I don't think it's forever irreparably damaged anyone, but I think obviously, and you, if you go back and people selectively, Neil, pull things out about me. It wasn't about you. It didn't irreparably damage anyone. Huh. More people have been dying this year due to irregular heartbeats 
officials suggest excess deaths of extra deaths, number of deaths above the long-term average for a particular week or month. You know this story. Uh, we're running out of heart meds. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get us some heart meds. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, that could be a big deal if you need the heart meds. H- how, how could we suddenly be running out of heart meds? Oh, 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 because people need more of it. (laughs) Literally running out of heart medicine. Commercials trying to normalize kids having myocarditis. Uh, A hospital in New York wants to treat them now. But Kevin McCarthy's singing yesterday. It does sometimes appear that the other side is winning. And if we give in to despair, that's one issue. If our concentration and our hope and our abiding is thinking about the GOP, the brave rock-ribbed, tall as an oak, Christian conservative, unswayable people like Kevin the Rock McCarthy. If our thoughts are on that, we're lost. If we will allow the Lord to change us internally, if we will allow the Holy Spirit to change us internally, we're going to have energy for things we never thought we had for. We're going to have insight for things that we never thought we'd have insight to do. We will find the leaders who will bring this country back, which is the second greatest prize in the world history, the first biggest being saving souls. If we will get active in the Christian communities, if we'll get active in small Christian groups, if we will go in these groups and say, who amongst us will lead? The solution is probably in our life groups. It's probably in our Christian social groups. The earthly solution is probably people who do not want to be in office saying, okay, I get it. Praying about our friends, holding prayer group sessions. Who here will lead? Which doctors in our church will speak out? Who here will run for the school board, for the zoning commission, for city council? Who here will flood the zone with Christians committed to serving others and not being served to take the GOP and treat it as what it is, which is a slightly less evil portion of the party that plays the hits? This is all within our grasp. The people that we need are all around us. And it doesn't need to be the tea party. And it doesn't need to be someone else. It might be you. God invites us to work at his side. It's how he gets to know us. This is how we get to know people. Right? We we get to know people by working with them. If you think about band of brother type circumstances, aren't those the tightest friendships you've ever had? If, if you if you serve this country in the military and particularly and I, and I honor all military work. But if you serve this country in combat, those are tight relationships that you never shake. Right. With a band of brothers to be formed as we do what the GOP refuses to do because they're either too blind or too scared or too, dare I say it, sucked into the evil. So, so what's the playbook? So what do we see? So what are we comparing? Well, let's talk about that because yes, there are signs of hope. There are significant signs of hope. They're beginning to bubble up around us. Some of them we see every day and we just don't even think about it. So there are going to be some changes that will come to the podcast, and it is an exciting moment that you helped create. One of the things that won't change is the way that we select partners to talk about on this program. Um, When I first heard that Soda Weight Loss was going to come on board, here's, here's, it wanted to come on board. They wanted us to introduce you to them. Here was my checklist. Uh, Number one. When I go to their website, am I confronted with lose weight to look great on the beach? Um, when I put in a phone call to them and just did a secret shopping thing, how was I treated? And when I looked at the web reviews, are they real? Yep. 
And then I started to dig into the protocol because having taken off 150 pounds of unwanted fat, I know the protocol that worked for me. And it makes absolute perfect sense because it is related to the world that the nutritional world, the party has built for us. It's a response to the ridiculously unscientific, unhelpful food pyramid. It's a right sizing of that. It's a returning to the old way of eating. And that sounds really easy, right? Oh, so just eat like the old way. Yeah, except because we're creatures of this environment, there has to be this reset process. Otherwise, you'll crash and burn. And this is what soda does. Soda weight loss stands for state of the art because they are. You go through a reset process as you rid your body to to, um, addictions you don't even know you have. Because with the foods that we eat, the highly processed foods, there are phosphates and salts and compounds in that that your body gets used to. Well, part of that is ridding yourself of these addictions. They provide the food. They provide the counseling. And that is what I consider it. You do all of this from home. They provide a nutritional plan. Please don't overlook the recordings and the Christian meditations that can help keep your mind right through this. And they're going to tell you right up front. Here's how quickly you can expect to drop the unwanted fat. My case, it was 150 pounds. It came off very quickly. Actually, it was 95 pounds it took off with the protocol. And that came off in about 10 weeks. Now, that's because I work out like an insane freak. But soda weight loss is not about working out. It's about that reset of your body, becoming a fat-burning machine. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. And yeah, you bet I screened him, and I'm going to continue to screen the partners that we bring on to this program. So there, there is good news. Because of the vibrant evil of what the party has allowed to happen, there are monumental opportunities that exist today. Let me give just one example because people say, well, what do we do? What do we do? And it's so easy to say, but Herman, you just, you're talking about Kevin McCarthy. We're going to get back to Kevin McCarthy. You know, what are the things you can do? If you have a Christian group of families, invite non-Christian groups of families to bring their kids over. Create play spaces that are Christian. They don't need to be Bible thumping better that they're not. They need to be genuine in you. And if your home has Bible quotes in it, I'm not asking you to take them down. Never. My goodness, never. But by involving people in worlds like this, they can come in and go, this is so different because this was the design. This was the design, but what God created with us and what the plan was, was for people to be able to go, wow, those Christians are really different. The more different we are and the more we show these differences and the more we act them out, the more people are going to be drawn to this. And the more often we can look at someone like a Kevin McCarthy and go, who do you serve? Kevin, who, ask you a question. Mr. McCarthy, Congressman, who do you serve? How are you materially different? And from that fruit, you have parents go home and go, Wow. This is such a different environment from that fruit. When people experience the true treatment of what it is to be in a Christian community, a true discipled community, it's something that they're going to want. And the reverse. I'm not asking pastors to leave their pastoring. I'm asking people who lead people as pastors to look within the congregation We must begin to flood the zone with Christian people at every level of government to take Christianity into it. Build a theocracy? No. A theocracy where Christianity is required is not a Christian construct. God does not force us to do things in terms of allegiance to him. We're free to choose. There are consequences for the choice. If you're a pastor and you listen to this program, please consider a recruitment drive in your church to take people who are biblically minded, who abide in Christ, and prayfully, prayerfully consider getting into government and recruit them and help them run for office and begin to set these things up within the churches. Yes, I'm talking about how to run for office in your church. 
No, no, I mean, not, not a church office, but classes in your church on how to run for office. If you have a big church, and by the way, I think Jesus likes big churches. If you have a big church, the talent that you have within that church, you probably have advertising executives. You probably have media buyers. You probably have people who've held public office. You probably have lawyers. This is the team. This is how we go back to a McCarthy and say, go get your soul figured out, Kevin. We're going to take the second, we're going to take the consolation prize. We're going to get America back because we're going to come to serve and not be served. We don't know who you serve. We can't tell. We think it's yourself. We certainly know you're not allowed to criticize pharma. There's other reasons to have great hope. A, a, a guy who used to be, I mean, this is sort of a bureaucrat's job. It's sort of the chief, uh, the, the, the poopaw, poobah, I should say the poobah of bureaucrats, the Office of Management and Budget. The, the former director of the Office of Management and Budget has decided to create a complaint against um, Mark Zuckerberg. Now, this is, you could think of this as the classic mismatch. Zuckerberg, with all the money that he has been able to amass um, through the activity of, well, oh, oh, you know, helping people connect to one another and, you know, harvesting data for the CIA and, and helping people look at, you know, share pictures of their kids and, and censoring stories that, that would have swayed the election perhaps towards Donald Trump um, or at least prevented a bunch of the fraud and the rigging and, you know, all that money he makes by allowing Black Lives Matter Incorporated and Antifa to promote deadly riots while he's taking down any and all mentions of conservative causes that he can. That, that sort of money that he's amassed versus a guy who is the former head of the Office of Management and Budget, Stuart Voigt, Vought, pardon me, Vought, V-O-U-G-H-T, who has launched a campaign, not a campaign, but a complaint against Zuckerberg. Pardon me, it's Russ Vought, not Stuart Vought. We are filing today two complaints to the IRS to draw issues and complaints against three entities and to raise questions with the tax deduction that Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan took. And our, our main issue is this. They contributed to 501c3 organizations, which are nonpartisan, educational. They are not allowed to intervene in the election. They are not allowed to participate in the election. And yet those two individuals, very uh, public, hired David Plouffe, who wrote the, the book on how to defeat Donald Trump, a partisan book, and then spent $400 million through these educational entities to be able to shape the election and give money to privatize the local election offices so that the same people that were running the election were the people that had an interest in Democrats winning. That's not allowed. If that is legal, nothing is illegal. And so what we're saying is with the vast history of the IRS being weaponized against conservative groups, that was wrong, and this is wrong, and the IRS needs to take a look at it, and we want to put it on their radar. We, we are not of the belief that they are going to automatically pick this up, but we believe that there will be a, an administration in a few years that will have an opportunity to take a look at this and say that this tax exempt status should go away for these three these not, these entities, and the deduction that, that Chan and Zuckerberg took should not be allowed. So that's Russ Vaught, former director of the Office of Management and Budget. And look, I'm not saying the IRS is going to do this. And that's the hope is this. Again, the body of Christ is the biggest body that exists. Properly activated and properly understood, the gifts in the body of Christ can go take a similar approach on a local basis. Do you know that the power that people have who understand bureaucracies when this is all being done through bureaucracies and the power that lawyers have when they understand lawyering and how to hide things in law, the power given to them by Christ as part of their talents where this body that can come into this. Let me give this example. I talked to yesterday about my friend who has parents. They have parents in every classroom every day. Every single day, there's a parent in there observing and interacting. Very little opportunity for teachers to, to pull off if they wanted to. And in this town, apparently, there's not many who want to. Gender madness and gender confusion and sexualizing kids. Because the parents who are active are part of a group of parents who will not have that. And the schools know this. And the parents are helpful. 
And they back up the good godly teachers. They back them up publicly. And they help them. And they also observe and they provide accountability. Part of the body of Christ is providing accountability. We've outsourced the accountability of government to the Kevin McCarthy's of the world. Within the body of Christ, accountants to go look through the books of the city council. You may think, well, Todd, we're not all politicians. Not all of us are lawyers. If you're an accountant and you work within the body of Christ and you come to serve and not be served, get a bunch of other Christian accountants together and form a group and start doing public document demands of your local government and begin to look for the hidden money and the thieving. That's not political. That's not ideological. Thou shalt not steal. Furthermore, you could be helping their souls. You could be saving their souls by saying, this is staffed, guys. This is embezzlement. Stop this behavior. If you're a lawyer and you see how they're hiding the loopholes, like the emergency powers loopholes we talked about, and you see this stuff coming, form a group. You guys don't know how to structure it. You're lawyers, but form it to serve. How is this building the kingdom? You know how it's building the kingdom? Because it's providing the accountability that a Christian-led society should provide. You're being different. You're not there to just try to slam people into jail. If they choose to go to jail because they continue to lie, that's up to them. But you're within the world, but not of the world. You're saying, no, this doesn't belong in our schools. Form a group of your parents. If you're retired teachers, form groups to create curricula that meets the demands, like in the state of Idaho, they have to have sex ed. So at the younger ages in the schools I've talked to, they do it once a year for the younger ages. And it's very tame in many of the schools, not in Boise, because Boise's lost, but it doesn't need to remain lost. When there's people like bureaucrats, like the Office of Management and Budget, Russ, Russ Vaught, God bless them for getting into this. But it could be you. You have Christian schools that don't have enough teachers to deal with the kids that are coming in. If you're a retired person, go and teach, go and volunteer. Right? Retirement doesn't mean retiring from building the kingdom. There's so much that can be done. Or we could wait for Kevin McCarthy to sing yesterday for a fourth time. To play the hits for a fourth time. In this one evening. <laughs> now... <laughs> I actually did see Eric Burden once in um, in Mesquite, Nevada. By the way, it was a he was really good. Uh, but <laughs> he actually did play House of the Rising Sun twice. <laughs> I don't remember the order, but it was one of the opening songs. And then he said, "Oh, we, everyone likes to hear this. We'll play it again." And it, it played it again. He was actually a really good show. He hadn't lost a bit of his singing ability. I was blown out, to be honest with you that Eric Burden could still perform like that. I don't remember if it was with the animals or not, but I'm so, look, I mean, so Kevin McCarthy can sing yesterday five or six times. There's also this. It's becoming very, very clear that the party is so utterly, utterly terrified of house cleaning. (laughs) This is a horrible thing to say. Do you know people who like they have house cleaners? but they clean the house before the house cleaners come. Do you know that? Have you seen that trick? I, I have friends who both work and they're moneyed people, as one would say, moneyed. And before that, <laughs> I've had conversations with them. Um, they're cleaning the house before the maid service comes. <laughs> we don't want the maid service to think we're slobs. President Trump has the crossfire hurricane documents, had them until the FBI seized them. It's no longer a question if Trump declassified the crossfire hurricane documents in a formal sense. He did in a formal sense, in a memo, in a formal sense. There's a screenshot of that memo in the show notes meaning President Trump can do whatever he wants with those documents, but he doesn't have them anymore because the FBI seized them because they're cleaning house before the maid service comes. 
Vanderbilt University deleting its entire website before the cleaning service comes. We are the cleaning service. Kevin McCarthy is in our way. And when the body of Christ truly gets active, and I'm not just talking about voting, God bless voting, do it. I'm talking about assessing your personal skills and getting into the arena. It is enough of begging for someone else to change things. There's something you have that can bring you into the arena in a helpful sense. There just is. My friend Zach Abraham's getting into the arena. I'll tell you this. Here's, see, Zach has gifts that many of us don't. He's the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management. And over a period of a long time and a lot of work and stewarding people's money in a very godly way, Zach has getting into politics, but in his way. Uh, he had an opportunity to meet some uh, friends of mine and a couple of the very godly people who still work in politics in the fallen state of Washington, the, the separate, separate country, Jim Walsh and Jesse Young. And he just fell in love with them. He talked to them personally. We spent a couple of hours together. He heard them both speak. He got to meet them and talk to them one-on-one and to take their temperatures. Zach came out of that and he called me and said, I'm going to give him money. I'm going to organize a fundraiser and I'd appreciate it if you would come and speak. I said, for my friends, Jim Walsh and Jesse Young, you better believe I'll come and speak. They're godly men fighting in an ungodly country. So Zach is getting into the arena. Now, the way he's able to do this is he has been given the gift of money. And Zach does steward it. And the way he does that and has amassed that money is because he stewards our money in a godly way. And this is what I mean. Bulwark Capital Management takes, number one, care of risk. That's their focus, risk management. So if you're five to 10 years out from retirement, you have to be in a risk management scenario. But a risk managed scenario cannot be a 60-40 stock bond mix. It simply can't. In this environment, you don't have your bets spread enough. You don't have enough hedging. In a zero interest rate environment, which is an ungodly environment, the picking of winners and losers, the unfair measures, the dishonest measurements, Warned about in the Bible, when that's going on, right, ignoring that is not going to make it go away. It's just like ignoring a burglar in your house. Honey, don't say anything. He'll go away. Will he take our stuff? Yeah, but he'll go away. Maybe. So Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management treats us with that level of respect, that honesty. Yes, the market is rigged, and here's how we work within it. And there are certain investments, sorry to say this, that he doesn't do. If it's directly attacking the word of God or directly related to pornography, things like that, he doesn't do it. And his fund does so well. And then there's this. He does think that you should put your money with Bulwark Capital Management, but not all of it. I was blown out when he said this. This is why I repeat it from time to time. He said on my program, yes, we think people should put most of their money with us, but not all of it. I said, why would you say that? Yes, what if we have a bad year? It's humility too. And he'd hate it if, no, I'm saying humility. It's Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. If you're five to 10 years out from retirement, it's a must. 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative, check financial, LLC, and SEC registered investment advisor. You may have the gift of money. You, you, you may, in fact, I didn't even think of this. I'm just thinking about the number of people who've moved their money over to Bulwark Capital Management. You may have the gift of money. You may be able to pool your money with other people who've been given the gift of financial blessing. You may be able to pull it into a big fund. You may be able to go to your church and say, we've amassed a fund to help godly leaders run for office locally and to serve Christ and to build the kingdom. And my goodness, you want to talk about a house cleaning. You want to talk about something the party should fear. You can't have a roach like Tony Fauci around a whole bunch of people who understand truth. You have Fauci now. This is, oh, I can't even believe this. Do you know that that man, according to a book coming out about him uh, from a, a former White House spokesperson, we'll get into this later this week. You know me and COVID. I just, I get so crazy about it. Fauci apparently mocked people for wearing masks. I'm not kidding. 
According to this book, Fauci laughed at his ability to fool people and specifically like the thing we did. You know, I mean, it's so amazing. I've got people convinced uh, that if, if they wear a mask when they walk into a restaurant, but take it off when they eat, they're still safe. I mean, I, I could convince them. Uh, to, I could convince them just to carry it around as a talisman. He actually called the mask a talisman once. That can't exist around the people of God because godly people will look at that and pull them aside and go, hey, Tony, uh, I'm going to talk to you one-on-one this time, but after this, I'm going straight to the press. You're lying. Thou shalt not lie. The solution is not another tea party. It is not our version of Occupy Wall Street. It's the body of Christ taking over the political process entirely. And then leaving people alone. (laughs) No, it's, yes, take it over. Run it in a godly sense. Serve and don't be served. But do not tolerate murder. Locking people up in political prisons. Rigging things. Self-aggrandizement. Insider trading. The sexual immorality that occurs in that town, and I've seen it up close, it's sickening. And providing each other wise counsel. This weekend I got to be with a brother while he was baptized. Guy my age, big, stout, strong dude. Oh, well, he's a believer, but he'd never really been fully baptized. It was a beautiful thing. Want to know why? Because it was hard for him to say. It was a difficult struggle for my brother to tell our group, I think I need to be baptized again. I don't think I was sincere the first time. Holding each other to account, or we could let Mitch McConnell hold Kevin McCarthy to account. And speaking of people holding each other to account, some really tough notes this week, or today, I should say. John. Oh, John writes, I'm not great with words. I love God, my family, and people in America. I listen to your podcast every day. I need prayer for God to show me the way I need to go. I'm an alcoholic and it saddens me. I haven't always been a good father to my children and just a good man in general. Please pray for me and my kids. I pray every day that I can be a better man. I'm not sure that I'd be here otherwise. I appreciate your honesty and candor. I know I have it in me to be a better man. Thank you for being a truth teller, John. Brother John. No one, no one has credit for being perfect. I've, I've made terrible errors as a father. I was thinking about it convicted this weekend in the sermon. I was convicted again about, about the deficits and and deficiencies and I'm forgiven in the cross. And the beauty of the cross is I'm forgiven. And the meaning of that for me in my heart is I don't want to have to go back and say, can you forgive me for the same thing to make the same error? But it also means this, as I'm reading your note, I hear you say, I am an alcoholic brother. Can I challenge you? Could you just maybe think a little bit about that statement? Cause I, here's what I didn't hear. I didn't see the first word of this being, I am a child of the most high King. I'm a child of God. I'm in the family and I want to stay in the family. I hear a lot of identity in this. I hear identity. I'm an alcoholic. I'm not a good father. I'm not a good man. Those are behaviors. Those are not identities, my brother. You're a child of the most high king. He loves you. Through him, all things are possible. And I would ask you, do you have a group of men who are godly men with whom you can share this? Because there are so many people you look at and all the success and all the rolling and, oh man, look at what the houses they've got. And you'll sit with them and talk to them and you'll find out, yeah, this is my third time I've been a millionaire. The first two times I blew it up my nose. First two times I blew it up my nose. And those are the kids in the marriages. This is the kids I don't get to see because their moms hate me. And you'll get a lot of that, brother. But in this walk, it is not good that man is alone. In this walk, I beg you to find men to walk with you because holding to account is one thing, but so is celebrating. I couldn't believe the celebration, the look on my brother's face when he got baptized again. This big, 
big, tall, strong, strong dude. Look like a little boy with the joy that awaits you. From one of our special forces, retired special forces soldier, writes me, hi, Mr. Herman. Hey, listen, if you're in the military, can I, do you feel, can I please beg you never to call me Mr. Herman? I get it. I'm a civilian. I, I dig it. But man, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate you guys. Hi, Mr. Herman. I'm a Christian active duty soldier who needs your help. I'm currently going through mature uh, marital problems. I'm a sinner and I've been trying to better myself for years. I'm currently attending counseling to fix, uh, to fix myself better. I asked my wife to give it a try and she says she only needs her Bible to fix herself. I agree with her that the word of God is our bedrock, but I believe she would benefit from a third party to listen to her. I'm a former special forces soldier. I'm injured from previous wounds and other injuries. I have nothing and no one left to turn to. My wife is an avid listener to your podcast, so please help me. Uh, brother, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this with this audience. Number one, I want to ask everybody to pray for this circumstance. Number two, um, in terms of bettering yourself with a counselor, uh, I hope it's a Christian counselor. I hope it's a counselor who will lead you closer to the Lord. I hope that you'll understand that better is holy, that being more holy, and that allowing God to change you in terms of your heart and to understand what love is in a biblical sense and to act that way. And brother, I pray that for you. Man, there's some scary changes going on with me. Really. The degree to which the Lord is changing my heart frightens me to death. Well, not to death. That's a bad choice of words. But the softness he's installing in me, man, it is something new. And your wife will notice it. And you're not doing it for her. Because in this scenario, you're doing your part. Here's your part there's her part and there's God's part. Okay, your part is to love as a verb in the way that the Apostle Paul described love. Not being jealous, not counting grievances, being patient and kind and not boastful. Those attributes is to be in you. And to your wife, my sister in Christ, the Lord Jesus, when he came to us before he left, my sister, he did not say, here's a book, read it. On, uh, on Pentecost, upon the foundation of the church, the founding of the church, one of the first things that Peter at that point, who'd been leading the apostles, one of the things that the apostle Peter said to everybody else is, who will care for the Greek widows? Who here will serve them? Who will make it their mission to serve these widows who can do nothing for us? Who here will serve the poor? They gathered they broke bread together on a consistent basis, not 1.9 times a month, on a consistent basis. The Lord Jesus did not hand out instructions and say, go get busy. He discipled for three years. He hung out with these guys. There's sisterhood waiting for you. Sisters who've been through what you're going through. Sisters who not in a complaining session, it's not a bag on our husband's day. That's not what it's about. It's about a, I feel hurt. I feel concerned about my marriage or I feel insufficient. The word of God says to seek wise counsel. The word of God reminds us we're a body and to work together. The word of God insists upon the finger can't function without the hand and sister, you're part of the body of Christ. I beg you to reconsider your stance on it's just me and the Bible. And let me tell you, I'm so thankful that you listen to the show. So thankful that you download the podcast. There are changes afront, afoot, I should say. Changes coming to the podcast. They're not going to be a huge deal. In fact, it's going to help us thrive and it's going to help us grow. God is so good. We'll be announcing that later. As soon as, in fact, uh, I'm allowed to announce it. Because I don't even know if we've been in agreement we're going to announce this yet, but it's coming up. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and come be part of the body of Christ. We miss you.